John chapter 4. I want to read a familiar passage of scripture uh, this morning and talk about the power of the Holy Spirit again this week. Uh, John chapter 4. Therefore, when the Lord knew, everybody say the Lord knew, that the Pharisee had heard that Jesus uh, made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he, everybody say needed, but he, that wasn't everybody, everybody say needed, needed, he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. And Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being wearied, everybody say, Jesus was tired. He was tired from his journey and sat sat thus at the well. It was about the sixth hour, about noon. And a woman of Samaria came, by the way, it was lunchtime. Uh, So take note of that. And woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone into the city to what? Buy food. It was lunchtime, and they had gone in to find some food. And the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask of a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And and by the way, the opposite of that is true as well. The Samaritans despised the Jews. They actually, uh, they did not, the the Samaritan culture did not embrace the Old Testament. They they had a whole different perception of worship and what the, what, who God was. And uh, they only embraced the, the, the five books, the Torah, uh, as, as God's revelation. And beyond that, they had their own version of what that looked like. And so they had some, they had some misconceptions about who God was and, and worship, and that comes up. And the, the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans? And Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Everybody say living water. You're listening well this morning. And the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well, and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said to her, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst and not come here to draw. And Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here and have him come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You have said, Well, well, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you are now with is not your husband. And in that you spoke truly. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. (laughs) Our fathers, that's one of my favorite lines in the Bible, by the way. Our our fathers worshipped on this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to the woman, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know, and we worship what we know. For salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is that true worshipers 
will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Everyone say spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the anointed one, who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> have, have, you, have you ever had one of those moments where you were just doing life and Jesus says, hello, I'm speaking. Just going about life and all of a sudden you didn't realize you were speaking to the anointed one. The Messiah was standing right there all along. And at this point, the disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman, yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? And then the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, <laughs> yeah, some of you are chuckling because you get it. Who did she go to? She went to the men. How many husbands did she have? She was five. She, mm -hmm. It was lunchtime. She went into the city and found them hanging out at the local whatever. And uh, you get it. Okay. And she said, come meet another man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ, the anointed one? And they went out of the city and they came to him. And in the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, you need to eat. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely clueless disciples. You, you, didn't go into, you didn't go in and eat dinner with us. We're, we're all eating lunch. You, we're hanging out. You haven't ate. You've been talking to the Samaritan woman. You need to eat, Jesus. And they said to him, he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. And the disciples said to one, has anyone brought him anything? They, they, they forgot Jesus at lunchtime. They all went and got their fill, but they forgot to buy Jesus lunch. They wanted, they were all, did he eat yet? I know Jesus, the master, he's hungry, but did, he, did you get him food? Did you get him a sandwich? Did you get him a Coke? Go back in town. We need a, don't forget Jesus. He hasn't ate. They wanted to make sure he ate, but they, not, not one of them bought him anything. And Jesus said, isn't that so like us? <laughs> Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are white and ready for harvest. I know that you've heard this story probably before. I wanna take just a quick look. Jesus walks into town, he's wearied. He's been out uh, ministering, he's been out preaching and teaching, and there are arrest warrants, there's, there's all sorts of things, speculation going on about Jesus' ministry, and he's tired in the journey, but it says that Jesus, in verse 4, needed to go through Samaria. This was his destiny, it was God orchestrated, the word needed, it was God divine orchestration that he went this way and came into Samaria and sat down at that well. There was a divine plan in this moment. And Jesus, though he was tired, took the time to go out of his way and sit down and talk to this woman. Our worship is not always convenient. 
living a life full of the Spirit is not always convenient, but it is powerful. It is transformational. Here's a woman that needed a life-changing God encounter. She had been living from relationship to relationship. She had not found her satisfaction. She was going from from one person to the next, trying to fill the need, trying to fill the void in her own life and couldn't find it. And here's Jesus sitting down at the well, tired from doing ministry. And yet he keeps on pressing in, allowing the power of the Spirit to flow through his life. Sometimes doing ministry gets tired. Sometimes going through life can weary you. Jesus was wearied, and yet he sat down and allowed the power of the Holy Spirit to to vivify, to renew him, and to minister this woman. He is hungry. He was tired from ministry, and yet he took the time to stop and to press pause and say, it's not about eating. It's not In this moment, it's not about the food or taking care of myself. In this moment, there's a woman who has a divine encounter ready to meet the Savior, ready to be filled with living water. Does anybody hear me this morning? I was just with uh, uh, some folks in, in Georgia. The statistic right now that we're hearing out of Georgia with ministers is that about 20% of pastors are leaving the ministry right now. I just spent a, a whole week with some of them and watched as crisis moments were averted through through the ministry and things that we were doing. It's, it is crazy times in which we live and even ministers, pastors, people who are called of God to shepherd the flock, get weary and get tired. And all the pastors and ministers in the room said amen. Even pastors and ministers face challenging seasons. And, and here's Jesus dealing with one of those moments. And instead of running from the moment, instead of running from the place of weariness, he presses into it. He leans into it. I want to encourage you this morning, when you find yourself weary and drained and tired from life. Use that as an opportunity to press into God. They that wait on the Lord, what does the Bible say? Shall renew their strength. There's going to be seasons, friends, where you feel tired and weak and drained, but press into God. Don't run from it. Don't go around your divine appointment. Lean into your divine moment with God. Lean into that moment. It's God's place to show up and fill you with living waters. You're feeling weary today. Just have a sit at Jacob's well. Just sit down at the river of living water. Just, just, just sit down at the at the feet of Jesus, where He's pouring out rivers, streams in the middle of your desert. Just, just sit there where Jesus is pouring out rivers of living water on your life. It's John chapter seven. If anyone's thirsty, is anyone thirsty this morning? All three of you, God bless you, hallelujah. Is anyone thirsty this morning? Just sit down, find yourself at the table of the Lord, in the middle of your dry and thirsty place. Lean in when you're feeling the weary moment. Watch what God will do. Do you think that Jesus ever had the thought cross his mind, man, I wish I could just get a hotel room and maybe move around. Y'all think, you know, Absolutely he did. He was tempted in every way that we are. Absolutely he was tempted in his weariness to say, you know, enough's enough. These people, they they don't appreciate me. They don't love me. After all, they're going to kill me anyway. So they don't really love me. They're just trying to get something from me. Have you ever felt that way? Hello. 
After all, they're just they're always needy. They just want something from me. But Jesus leaned into the moment of weakness and, and, and weariness and said, in this moment, God's going to be glorified. In this moment, when I feel like I have nothing, when my body is physically tired, I have everything that I need. My spirit man is overflowing. I have the Holy Ghost without measure. Come on. Somebody, I have access. I have access. Tell somebody I have access. I have access to the fullness of the Holy Ghost. I may feel physically faint. I may feel physically tired. I may feel like I'm walking through death's valley. But on the inside of me is flowing a river that cannot be stopped. On the inside of me is flowing the river of the Holy Ghost who's refreshing me and renewing me and changing the world around me. I'm preaching a lot better than you're shouting this morning. And, and the woman came and she's like, give me a drink. Is it in the minute, in, in the place of weariness, in the place of exhaustion, I need something from you, Jesus. When Jesus really needed his disciples to feed him, and they even forgot about him, couldn't even buy him a lunch, a happy meal at McDonald's in, in town, and they forgot about Jesus. Come on now. The woman comes up, I need something. Can, you know, can you give me something? I'm thirsty. Jesus is like, give me a drink. Give me some. Give me a drink. What are you talking about? I'm coming to get some water. Move out of the way, Jesus. I need to, excuse me, what are you doing here? Who are you? Jesus is like, give me a drink. I'm thirsty. And the woman said, why are you talking to me? She's, trying, she's getting caught in all of the religious traditions. Why are you talking to me? What is this all about? And he says to her, if you would have asked me, I asked you. Had you asked me, I would have given you living water. I would have given you something that would satisfy. And she takes this and, and sees this as a, a temporary earthly satisfaction. She said, give me this water that I can have it. I'll, I don't have to come back to the well. Like this water, it's going to be like in my bucket. And it's just always going to be water there, right? Like I'm just going to take my bucket home or you're going to do some sort of magic trick. And I'm never going to be thirsty again. That's what she said. So I don't ever have to come back to this. And Jesus said, that's not what I'm talking about. There's living water. It's going to spring up on the inside of you. And he elevates the conversation again. And after he's talking to her about water and living water and being satisfied, he then asks her this question. Or, well, he doesn't ask her a question. He tells her, go call your husband. Have you ever had Jesus ask you something or say something to you that just put his finger right on something sensitive in your life? <laughs> and you're like, don't touch that. That hurt. Don't, and she wiggles out of it. What does she say? I think you're a prophet. She's just, okay, I recognize I've, you said something powerful there, Jesus. You might be a prophet. So about this worship. Notice how she changes the conversation. Jesus puts his finger on the issue of her heart. And she says, yeah, 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 I, yeah, okay, I have a bunch of husbands, okay. Um, you're a prophet, and uh, can we talk about what worship really is? I, 
our fathers worshiped on this mountain and you Jews say that, and she changes the whole conversation. Notice that Jesus never went back though to her adultery issue. Jesus never went back to her, her, her sin. He recognized it. She wiggled from it. And he, he just said, okay, you're still not satisfied. You, you want to change the topic of the conversation. You're trying to wiggle out of this. But he says something really powerful to her. You worship what you do not know. And we know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. In other words, what you believe is incorrect. You have the wrong perception of who God is. Because God is a spirit. He says this. God's a spirit. This isn't about where you worship. It's about who and how you worship. He says true worship will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. That you'll worship with your inner man. You worship in the spirit. You worship with the spirit of God and with truth, with reality. The reality of who God is. The Bible tells us that when the Holy Spirit comes, that he'll teach us all things and bring all things to our, to our remembrance in John 14. That the Holy Spirit, we worship in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is bringing to our remembrance all things concerning Christ. All things concerning his promises. All things. John 16 says that he'll guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit worshiping in spirit and in truth. Being led by the Spirit in our worship. Being led by the Spirit in our life. He will guide you and lead you into all truth. That means as you begin to worship the Lord and, and you begin to magnify Him, just like we saw today, He takes the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, He takes the Word of God and makes it alive and real to us in that moment. We're not worshiping an abstract religious idea. We're, we're, we're worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're, we're worshiping in spirit. We're worshiping with our inner man in our, in our spirit man. And we're worshiping in reality. We see Him for who He really is. And we worship Him in that. We worship Him. We see Him in His Word. Today we read from Revelation and we saw He is the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. He's worthy. He's holy. And we worship Him in that. We see Him as that in His Word. In reality, we see it and we worship Him in that. It's, it's the reality of Scripture. It's being able to take who God says He is. Seeing Jesus on the pages of the Scripture. And the reality of that penetrating your heart. And worship, God, I see you as my Savior. You're the Lamb that was slain for me. Before the foundation of the world, you were the Lamb slain for me. While I was still an enemy, you still died for me. It's the reality of who God is. And we worship Him. It's not just ideas on a page. It's not just reading the pages of this book and, and sitting back and singing songs. But it's seeing Christ in the pages of the scripture and saying, you are the ancient of days. You are the lily of the valley to me in my life. You're the bright and morning star. You've risen over my life with healing in your wings and you're radiating down on me. You're the outshining of the Father pouring out your, your beams of love, your ocean of joy on my life. That, it's the reality of spirit and truth, spirit and reality. That's the life that you and I are called to live. That's the worship 
that you and I, it's not just tuning in to the best Christian song on the radio or your iTunes or whatever, however you tune in, but it's the reality of God. It's the reality of who he is and letting that reality penetrate the depths of your being. When you see Christ high and lifted up like Isaiah saw him, you can sing holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty for days and days. The song will echo through every chamber of your being and it, and it flows out of your mouth like living waters. Because why? You've seen him high and lifted up. It's not just book knowledge. It's the reality of who he is. It's the Holy Ghost showing up in your life, taking the reality of Christ, making it real to you. When's the last time? You know, you can, you can tune into the, the radio or whatever, tune in iTunes, whatever you do, and you listen to all the garbage, and it echoes through it, all your, your brain, and you start singing all the, he, he left me, the dog died, and the garbage after garbage. Come on now, and you tune in the podcast and uh, listen to just more garbage and tune into CNN and Fox and listen to more garbage. And all of a sudden, all that's coming out of your life is garbage and depression and anxiety and worry and fear. Why? Because you have a reality of things in this life that are greater than the reality of things in the next life. But when the Holy Ghost shows up and you begin to live in the Spirit, all of a sudden, the reality of heaven becomes so much sweeter. When the reality of his presence becomes so much sweeter when you tune in to the living waters that are flowing on the inside of you they're carrying they're flowing we read it from revelation the crystal clear living water is flowing from the very throne room of heaven right now the throne room of heaven right now there's a river of living water it's overflowing the banks of heaven and it's pouring into your soul and every bit of joy that is in heaven is flowing in that river. Every bit of love that is in heaven right now is flowing into that river. Every bit of peace that's in heaven right now is flowing into that river. And it's flowing into my soul. It's flowing into my being. It's flowing into me. It's flowing into you. And the reality of who Christ says he is, the reality of who he is and his kingdom is flowing into you and I. The reality. Yeah, if you tune into the Spirit, He'll make Christ real. He'll make His kingdom alive. And all of a sudden, it's not just words that you're singing, but it's the very essence of God Himself carried on the winds of your praise. As you open up your mouth and the breath of God that's flowing in you begins to breathe out of you and you sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. On the essence of your breath flows the very anointing and presence of Almighty God. Hallelujah. That's the power of spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. You know, there's, there, there's a lot of, uh, we can have a lot of spirit. Some of you have heard me say this before. A lot of emotion things, you know, we can get caught up in emotion and be absolutely flighty kites floating off into outer space with every wind of doctrine. But you can be headlocked with every bit of knowledge and truth and never have a revelation of what it really is and be locked down and never have any emotion, never have any spirit. Spirit and truth have to kiss in your life. Spirit and truth have to meet in your life. If you want a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ, spirit and truth have to meet. 
Spirit and truth have to meet in your life. You can't stay, for some of you who are analytical this morning, you can analyze Jesus to death. They did it. They did it. They analyzed him. The religious people analyzed him to the point of them killing him. You can analyze the work of the Lord till you die. You die every bit spiritually dead. And you can be a flighty spiritual guru flake and have no depth. And tossed by every wind of doctrine because you're not rooted and anchored in the foundation of the scripture. But when you have spirit and truth, that's where life is flowing. That's where you're anchored to the foundation of Christ. And the Holy Spirit is taking you out into the realms of glory. She left her water pot. She forgot something at the well. <laughs> when you bring your problems to the Lord, there's an old song, leave it there, leave it there, leave your burden, <laughs> leave it there. <laughs> when you come into the presence of the Lord and living water begins to flow through your life, all of a sudden, you don't need that water pot anymore. The things you thought were important, the things you thought you needed, the things you thought you needed to hang on to. She'd gone out to get water for her live-in boyfriend. She'd gone out to get water to take care of her, her live-in adulterous boo. But she, she left. She left the water pot. She left the water pot. Forget boo. I don't need him. I met a man. She, she went in town. She said, I don't need boo anymore. I met a man who told me everything I ever needed. I met somebody who told me, he told me I could have living water. He told me I didn't have to keep going around this mountain of religious worship. I didn't have to keep doing the same old, same old and getting no results. He told me I didn't have to stay broken and defeated. He told me I could leave that and drink some something. Woo, ha, ha, woo, ha, ha, woo. I can drink something that will satisfy me for all eternity. What are you drinking from today? <laughs> boo. What you drinking from, boo? You know, people get so mad at us when we say, you know, you don't need to drink alcohol. You know, really, it, you know, the, I'm just going to go there because it's really not about the alcohol. It's really not about what you can get away with and if you can drink a glass of wine or that or the other thing. It's about what you really is drinking. Come on now. Don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth. Because when, 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 um, well, I just need to feel a little bit better about myself and I need to, I just need to take the edge off the day. You know how I take the edge off the day? Hebrabashekeyatalamose. <laughs> That's how I take the edge off. Spirit and truth. You don't know what I'm going through. Honey, it doesn't matter. Spirit and truth. 
get your worship on. I promise you, if you just, if you can replace the wine with the new wine, you can just replace the, the old with the new, you'll find that you'll have new wineskins. <laughs> you'll find things will be a little bit different in your life. I promise you won't be so worried anymore. The, here's, the, here's the deal, that the, the alcohol, only, it only lasts for a little bit. And, and, and you can only have so much before you get drunk. Now, here's the funny thing, because Christians will say, well, I can, I can drink till I'm drunk. The problem is life sucks. <laughs> and so you're going to keep drinking. You're going to keep drinking. Uh, can I just be real? You're going to keep drinking that alcohol. You're going to keep drinking the issues. You're going to keep drinking of the carnal, natural, blah, blah, blah. Because, come on now. And it's not going to satisfy because life stinks. It's just a mess. It's a pro- It's always something happening. And so you're just going to keep on drinking the alcohol. Keep on drinking. And at some point, you're going to just cross the line and start getting drunk. So where's the barrier? Stop drinking of the carnal, natural garbage. I love you. Stop drinking of the carnal, natural garbage. And have a drink of the spirit. And don't send me an ugly letter because I said S-U-C-K-S. I know I said it. Jesus said some things. He talked to a Samaritan woman. Come on now. He said some things that shocked some people. Somebody needed a shocker. Somebody's. You got so much garbage, a Holy Ghost defibrillator wouldn't work, so <laughs> Jesus had to use pastor to shock you. What did he just say? <laughs> Tune into the Holy Ghost. He'll liven things up. Life is full of drama. It's, life is full of issues. And you can, you can drink in the things of this world to try to satisfy you. You can try to fill it with a relationship, try to fill it with... Uh, with alcohol, you can do whatever. But Jesus is speaking to this woman right where she's at and saying, honey, you need living water, eternal water. And what'd she do? She left her water pot. I don't, I don't need it anymore. I've drank of something that's more real. I want to wrap up with this. When you, when you see in those moments, when you see the reality, when you see the reality of who God is, spirit and truth, Jesus looked out over the, the hills, and there was a har- there was a literal harvest. It was harvest time. There was a literal harvest ready and white. The wheat was ready. He saw it in the natural, but he saw something in the spiritual. He saw it in the natural, looking over those fields. You'll find yourself going through life, and it, it's just a natural occurrence, just life and its issues. But all of a sudden, you'll see God in it. You'll see how God's ministering and meeting you in that difficult situation. Here is a woman. Jesus was tired, and he was weary, and he was doing the work of the Father. He met this woman 
ministered to her, poured out, out of his own lack in his physical body, poured out of his abundance of the Holy Spirit in him. And he looks across the field and he sees the harvest. You see, the moments when we're weary and, and we press into God and we press in in those moments, God does something in our life, but he uses us to impact someone else. When you find that you don't have anything else to give, when you find that in the natural, in the physical, you feel exhausted, you feel like you don't have anything to give, it's in those moments where the, we press in, we lean into the Holy Spirit, we lean into what he's doing, and we recognize it's not about us. In my weakness, he's made strong. In my weakness, he's glorified in the middle of this. And we find ourselves pouring out and ministering out of the abundance of God in our life. It's not about us. And we see those moments no longer as just survival. Because that's what we do. When we, when we see the hardship, we see the hard time. How do I survive? How do I get through this? How do I take care of my needs? It's no longer about that, but we begin to see God and his glory even in the field. Even in the fields around us. And what did Jesus do? He's ministering to this woman and the whole town, from her testimony, the whole town comes out to see Jesus. There's a revival in Samaria because of this woman. When Philip in Acts goes down to Samaria, how do you think they were open and receptive? There was, a, there was a woman who had shared her testimony. There was a testimony that had been shared. And when Philip and Acts goes, there's great revival, great joy in the city. It began with a woman who met Jesus at the well. And Jesus said, I'm not just looking the weariness of my body and all that's going on around me. There's a field that's white, ready for harvest time. It's ready to be harvested. When you have the spirit of truth and reality in your life, when the Holy Spirit's moving in your life, you begin to see the glory of the Lord in those around you. You see the harvest time in the people around you no longer about you. It's no longer about how you feel. God takes care of all that. We're thankful for that. But, but there's, there's something deeper. There's something in that moment that God's trying to do in your life and through you. I want you to take a look at the harvest field around you. Think about those you work with, go to school with neighbors with the harvest fields are ready the harvest fields are ready to be harvested and the only way that you can participate in the harvest is you got to lean in when you don't feel like it you got to rely on the holy ghost who's a river of living water on the inside of you and then even though your physical body may not feel like it, in that moment, when you begin to lean into what God's doing in that moment, you find yourself like Jesus. I, my food is not of this world. 
I've tasted of something in this moment that's refreshed me and renewed me. It's okay, guys. You didn't bring me the Big Mac. It's all right. I'm, I'm okay. Because I've been eating of something of another world. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand with me? I love, what, I love what Paul said in Thessalonians. He said, our preaching didn't come to you with just wise words. The gospel didn't just come to you in words, but it came in the power, the demonstration of the spirit. You have the spirit of God on the inside of you this morning. Tell somebody next to you, say that you have the Holy Ghost. You got to stick your tongue out like that, or your lip. You got the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Be sassy. You got the Holy Ghost. Boo, you got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. You better stop your drinking and start drinking of living waters. Get away from them men. They're going to lead you down the wrong path or those women, whatever. You don't need another relationship. Come on, somebody now. I'm telling it. Put them here. Drink of the living waters. You don't need another paycheck. You don't need another this or that. Is Jesus enough? Is he enough? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We have living water. Living water flowing on the inside of us. And if we don't, If our, if our fountain has dried up or the Philistines have thrown rocks into it and stopped it up Lord we could have a drink with Isaac <laughs> we could redig the ancient wells we could have a drink of the fountain of living water that never runs dry Jesus let us not miss you, you 